Welcome to another episode of Junior Achievement of South Florida's Recipe for Success. Just as there are no two recipes that contain the exact same ingredients or measurements, there are no two success stories exactly the same. Recipe for Success features entrepreneurs, visionary leaders, and innovators of all ages who will share the ingredients that make them successful. Here's your host, Lori Salarulo, President and CEO of Junior Achievement of South Florida. Hi, I'm Lori Salarulo, and welcome to today's episode of Jay's Recipe for Success. You know, I just love the show. I get to meet with some of the most amazing entrepreneurs, business people, community advocates, and today is no different. This fierce lady is a mother, a entrepreneur, uh, in the hospitality industry, which of course today is, you know, going through some real uh, challenges and changes. Uh, she is a community advocate on all kinds of committees and chairing uh, the uh, Florida Restaurant and Lodging Association, uh, both locally and state level. And so I want to welcome uh, someone that I've gotten to know a little bit in the community, Danielle Rossi. Thank you for joining me. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. So I have to start with this because when I read your bio, I loved the way that they used that word in your bio. Well, first of all, the statuesque and charming. That goes without saying. Danielle stands, not that Danielle, she stands probably about three feet over me. But, um, and gorgeous, long legs, right? Just all the things you want. Um, but it, it talks about your fierce keen, that you're a fiercely keen leader. Um, and so I want to, usually I don't start with that, but it just struck me when I read that. And so I, you know, I guess my question is, as another woman leader, I always look to all of, all of my friends and women in the community as role models. What makes you a fiercely keen leader? Wow. That's a great question. Those are big words, right? Um, <laughs> that you have to live up to now, right? <laughs> yeah, that I have to live up to. I'm like, who wrote that? Um, <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, I think um, you're really jumping right into it. But um, for me, I think, uh, you know, just doing the right thing. You know, it, it, when you're a leader, you have to not just look out for the interests of yourself, but for the people that, um, you know, that are that are around you, that are in your organization. Um, so really being cognizant of uh, everybody's interests and, and how it benefits them. And um, sometimes, you know, doing the right thing isn't the popular thing. Mm. And I've found that to be um, very consistent. So being able to really let, let it go of, you know, popular opinion and knowing sometimes you've got to make the hard choice and you're not going to be, uh, you're not going to be liked for it, but in the long run, it's, a, it's the right thing to do. So yeah. that, that is so true. And, you know, a couple of guests we've talked about, you know, and I, I don't believe in any kind of making excuses for anything, right? You know, right. Um, and so being a woman is certainly one of those things that I don't make excuses <laughs> for. But it's really interesting, I think, and, and I don't know if you have found this, but when we are fierce leaders and we make those tough decisions, and as you said, against popularity, um, you know, it, we might face a little bit different um, feedback, right, than, right, than a man who makes those those brave decisions. Uh, absolutely. Make. And so, so I think we have that double-edged sword, right? Um, yeah, absolutely. You know what that too, or they're going to think I'm the mm, E word, right? You know? Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now I used to think that was a bad thing. As I get older now, I'm like, Oh, it's, I always wanted to be that. No, I'm only kidding. Right. Um, right. 
<laughs> but no, so now let's go back. I just, I had to touch on that because I just loved that introduction in your bio. You know, take us back um, just, just for a moment, you know, about how you got to where you are today. I know that you decided you wanted to own a restaurant and open a restaurant very, very young, right? And so share a little bit about when did you know you wanted to do that, right? Was it as a child or so right. tell us how you got here? I, I always say, you know, you don't choose hospitality. Hospitality chooses you um, because once you're in it, like you, you can't get out. So I actually moved to Florida when I was 18 years old. Um, I was a bit of a wayward teenager. Um, and at 19 years old, I came to work as a waitress at the restaurant that used to be on the property that where, where Oceans 234 is now. So it was an old diner. And I, I started working there. I was there for about a year and um, actually married the owner's son. And after my 21st birthday, uh, it was you know uh, two days before our one year wedding anniversary, um, he passes away unexpectedly from an aneurysm. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and it was um, obviously devastating. And um, his mother who was pretty much retired, she's 65, lived in New Hampshire. Um, you know, I was handling the restaurant for said, you know, I can't come down there, but I'll keep this restaurant if you stay with me. So um, long story short, I stayed with her. Um, she allowed me to do other other things on my own while I handled her business. And then, um, so I opened, I think three other restaurants in that time period. And then in 2012, um, I came to her and I purchased the restaurant from her uh -huh. uh, to become the owner. And then in 2015, we did our big renovation. I sold my, my other restaurant that I had out for about six or seven years out in Parkland. Um, and and now, now it's Ocean Says You Know It, yeah. That's, that's a whole lot in about wow. a one minute snippet. Listen, that's, you know, what you went through, obviously, right, is hard enough to go through under normal circumstances, mm -hmm. but there's something in you, Danielle, obviously, right, that kept you going um, and that pushed you through that. You know, talk a little bit about that, because I know that being in the hospitality industry, my family was in it, um, restaurants, and it's a hard business, right? Yeah. What is it that keeps you pushing through? Yeah, so it's interesting because people are like, you went from waitress to running this place for your family. Like, how does that happen? And then, oh, by the way, just to owning it. Um, and for me, I think, um, you know, my mother-in-law kept allowing me to take on more and more responsibility because I, I own that responsibility. You know, I had, I had this, um, just this, if something was happening and going on, like I had this intense sense of responsibility, like I have to handle it. I have to handle it. You know, it's not anybody else's job. And I think that's really what she saw. And she was like, well, she then had the confidence that I would handle everything. Even if I didn't know how to do it, I would figure it out. Um, so that's really been, um, kind of the catalyst, I think, that's pushed me as far as I have gone on this journey. Because um, I certainly didn't have the education. I certainly didn't have the, um, you know, the experience um, at, at 20 years old. Um, but I've, I've just had that sense of responsibility. If something comes my way, I've got to handle it. I can't hand it off to somebody else. And I've got to figure out how to get it done. Well, you know, your mom sounds, your mother-in-law sounds a lot like a woman that I worked for who would you know kind of keep putting more and more on me and i you know i didn't have the experience right that right. normally you would maybe put somebody in that position 
And and like you, I just felt like, okay, she's, why don't do this? She said, we're going to lose our jobs. I gotta <laughs> So, so I love that about you. And I think that's, that's one of the things that I admire. So she was kind of like a mentor in a sense. Oh, absolutely. Life, right. Absolutely. Really. Uh, it's so funny. I, I, even to this day, there's certain things that I do that I know it's cause I learned them from her or mimicking her, you know, her mannerisms. It's yeah, she was great. She really allowed me to, to learn and grow on my own. And, um, you know, she didn't give me any breaks either. I mean, she was really very, very tough. So there was that sense of responsibility and sense of, I don't want to get yelled at. And fear, right. Yeah. By the way, she sounds a, I wonder if she was the same lady I work for because. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and you know, I, but I have to say that looking back, that woman changed my life, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so the power of someone like that, a mentor who sees something in you that maybe we don't always see um, which I think is so powerful and why I probably love what, what we do, because I don't think most of our young people see that. Um, and so, so we need to make sure that, that we give them that chance, right. To see that Absolutely. they can do anything they want to. Right. Absolutely. Um, so, so owning two restaurants, being in this business, you've seen, I'm sure a lot of changes in this industry over the years. Yes. Um, talk a little bit about that and then, you know, we'll talk a little bit about how, how you navigate them. Right. Well, I think the, just the landscape of how restaurants operate, um, whether it be just from going, and this is, sounds really silly, but there's a lot that's connected to this, um, you know, from being an all cash business to almost a hundred percent credit cards from, um, you know, the, the minimum wage rises to, uh, you know, healthcare rises, just structurally how restaurants operate um, financially has changed significantly. And then, you know, of course, what the guest expects has changed, you know, what people's expectations are, you know, it's no longer um, just about service or just about food. It's about the overall experience from the minute you walk in to the environment, to how they feel, to is your social media, you know, a, a fun mix of you know, being humorous and still providing value and still promoting yourself. I mean, there's just so many aspects of it. And social media, I think, has changed um, really how people see restaurants, too, because they can see all of their options in a minute, in, in a matter of minutes and decide where they want to go. So you really always have to have your your best foot forward and, um, you know, make sure you're portraying yourself. Uh, I mean, you guys have an amazing view. I was just there a couple of weeks ago. So glad I got to run into you. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, there's that experience alone that you offer, right? Just with the view right. uh, is not something you can get everywhere, right? There's only so much beach property um, and so that's many restaurants, you know. So that's part of it. But what are some of the other things that you do that you think are important to your guests? Right. So it's funny you bring that up because when we did our renovation in 2015, I really had felt that for the first, you know, um, number of years that we were there, that we really were kind of resting on the fact that we had an amazing view and that that, that wasn't going to be enough to bring us, you know, through the next 20 years. Um, so we really elevated not just the environment because we did a big uh, renovation, but our food and our service. So um, we, we always say it's just like a constant and never ending evolution there, um, constantly kind of reinventing 
you know, the menu, whether it's going back to something that we've had on the menu from the beginning and just saying, how can we do it just a little bit better? How can we make sure it's hot every time it hits the table? Or how can we make sure it's, you know, that calamari is crispy every time, even though it's the same recipe people know. Um, we're just constantly trying to improve the things that, you know, e even the things that we do well. Yeah. You know, you talk about, um, you know, reinventing consistency, those kinds of things, right? So important yeah. in, in the business aspect. Talk about them, how they apply in your life, right? That reinventing, right? So you started at 20, who you are today, right? I, I, <laughs> it's a little bit different. Um, I know yeah. it, would, it would be for me if you asked me, um, how have you reinvented yourself, right? And consistently shown people who you are. Right. That's so important as a leader. Yeah. So I definitely think I've lived like three lifetimes <laughs> and I just, I just had my 40th birthday. So um, it's really kind oh, of like a, you, okay. <laughs> yeah. So all of a sudden it, that really kind of comes, I'm like, wow, I can't believe so much has happened. And, and yes, I'm 40, but I still, I'm like, I, I think I might have two lifetimes left in me still. So, you know, what do I want to do with that? But it, it has been a personal evolution from, um, you know, in the beginning, kind of trying to prove my value as to, like, I know what I'm doing and I can do this to kind of saying, all right, putting that guard down and saying, I don't, I don't need to prove myself anymore, you know, and, and, and be a bull in a China shop. I can just do what you do, do it well, and the results will show and people will know that, um, you know, they can count on you. They, they can depend on you. They know that you're going to be able to get through this. Um, I love that. So it's, and, and you know, I have um, a number of children and um, which is a whole nother story. And uh, they, I swear, they teach me something every single day, you know? Yeah. So, um, it's, so, it's you know, that's you know I, I think you're right. I think our children do teach us, you know, somebody said to me one day, you have so much patience. And I'm like, I do. <laughs> Cause it's <not laughs> that I would really put on the top of my list. Um, but it's really interesting because I think having children did teach me right. More patience. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and especially, you know, I have a child with special needs. And so, so yeah, I have to have more patience, but it's really interesting. Yeah. I have more patience for people who don't have the ability or the wherewithal, right? Which is why I probably right. advocated most of my adult life for children at risk or special needs. But I I have trouble mustering those, the same level of patience for people who just don't, don't want to do it, right? Or are lazy. Absolutely, yep. Um, but I think you're right. So what's the one most important lesson you've learned from your children? For me, it was exercising patience. Right, um, I think, actually my older daughter, I admire the most about her that she is like authentic and true to who she is, no matter who she's with and what circumstance she's in. So I see that so often. Um, and she's 23 years old. So, you know, she's go, you know, going through college and, and now as a career person and, um, you know, she's just authentic to who she is. If, if she's with a bunch of girlfriends and they're all doing this, she's like, that's great, but that's not who I am. And this is what I want to do. And I love it. I mean, she really is like that a hundred percent of the time. And um, I, I, every time I see it, I'm like, wow, I, I truly admire that about her. Um, Are you like that? Uh, sometimes I think I've gotten better through the years, but I think um, especially early on, just because I was so young, I would always try to adapt to what I, what I was in or what I thought people wanted me to be. Mm -hmm. um, 
I would say now I'm definitely uh, <laughs> more of my own person, but she is just through and through 100% authentic all the time. Um, yeah. And it's just amazing. And that's unusual, right, at a young age. I think it's yes. something typically most women that I know, right, we grow into it as we get older and become more mm -hmm. comfortable and more successful. Right. All right, you know, um, you know, it's interesting. You you talked about um, you know being a mom, being a restaurateur, and entrepreneur, being involved in all these things that you're involved in in the community. And so, you know, but sometimes I think as women, right, we need you know. For me, peace is where my power is, and I don't mean peace like you know I, I can't have anybody around or. I mean, inner peace, right? Being happy right. with what I'm doing, um, you know, and maybe it's not always in balance, right? Because I, I don't know that there is such a thing as as work-life balance, uh, certainly not in, in your <laughs> but, So, but I think it's when, when I have peace, it's when I, have, that's when I find clarity, right? I, when I take those few moments to, to just find clarity around What's going on? You know, where are my efforts going, and, and that kind of thing. How do you find that peace? And and for lack of a better word, how do you how do you try to balance it or integrate it all? Right. right. Yeah, it's funny you say balance, and it's it's definitely an integration. You know yeah. that everybody has to they have to, have to uh, intertwine there. Um, but I think for me, it's just it's kind of letting go of the expectations and understanding sometimes I'll find peace when we have the most chaos because it's not stressing me out, you know, or I'm not, you know, I don't have this expectation that I have to have it all right. And I'll just pause in the middle of it and I'll be like, I'm okay with this. I'm okay that, you know, the house is a mess. I have 15,000 emails I've got to resolve by the morning and I'm supposed to be somewhere right now that I'm not at, you know, I just, you know, when you get to that place where you're like, it's okay. You know, I can find kind of that peace in that in that chaos. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I used to have a woman who would uh, was like a caretaker for Patrick mm -hmm. um, when he was a little bit younger, and she was probably OCD. You know, to some degree, right. everything had to be just so, and which meant I couldn't find anything half the time. So when I got home, right. but she would say to me all the time, like, "I don't understand. How could you have clothes on the chair in your room?" And I'd be like, "Because it doesn't bother me." Right. I'd rather spend dinner and time with my with Mike and, and Patrick and my right. daughter than worry about the clothes on my chair. You know what? I'll put them away on Saturday when I have more time. Right. right. But I come home, I change, I throw them on the chair, and then I want to be with my family till I get back on the computer, right? You know, at, at right. o'clock at night. So you're right. I think being able to let go mm -hmm. of all of the the imperfections, right? I remember when I was younger, you know, the table, there was people coming over the table had to be just so, and I would do all new recipes. Now we're getting a pizza. Okay. Yeah, we're ordering. <laughs> it's, it's about being together. And so I think that's what I hear you saying also is a shift in priorities. Absolutely. Right. And the other thing is, is like, sometimes I wanted to, you know, they say, you know, um, kind of like improve your weaknesses. And I've kind of like stopped doing that and tried to work really, you know, work better on what I'm good at, right? Instead of trying to improve these areas that are just not my strength, you know, it's okay to say, listen, that's something I'm not good at. And, you know, but this is, this is where, I, what I'm really good at. So I, I find that I have an 11 year old, so I'll say that to her sometimes, you know, where you're trying to be like super mom. 
And some days I'm like, mommy's just not good at that. You know, like that's just not the kind of mom that is here today. And that's okay. But here's the other areas that we do well in. And I, and I don't know when I, I've had that shift with her recently. And I, um, I think it's, I think it's healthy. I think it's okay to say, I'm not good at everything. Yeah. You know, she you used know, to be I, like, yeah. They need to hear that because otherwise we're putting these unrealistic expectations on our daughters, you yep. know, and, and my daughter will say that too. Like she'll tell me something, you know, that she doesn't like about me or whatever. And, you know, of course our tendencies, we want to be right. Well, right. How do you that? I'm the best mom. Right. You know, yeah. And you know, as I've gotten older, I've just said, you know what? You're right. I, I, I screwed up. You know, I, yeah. I you, you're right. I do do that. You know what? I, I'm going to work on that. And she'll be like, who are you? Thanks for <laughs> you're not perfect right it's okay right. to be real and be authentic and you know when i think about that with our teams right my team knows we do book clubs we do leadership stuff you know and i say you know what that's something i'm working on right. but i think the other part that you hit on is we're not perfect at everything and we're not good at everything so in business though there are certain things that are really important but so if we're not good at it right what do you do Right. So um, it's funny because very early on, I realized um, that I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> so I and I really learned about how, you know, building teams and bringing people around you that fill those gaps in the areas that you're not good at. And I know our team at Oceans, I'm, I mean, my leadership team is amazing. Um, and they all fill when, when I look to hire somebody, I look to hire somebody that fills certain needs within our team. That doesn't mean every manager has to be amazing at everything. They all fill a certain role. And we really talk about that. Like, oh, you know, Amanda's amazing at this and Jordan's amazing at this, you know, because Amanda doesn't like to do this or whatever. And we all kind of fill that for each other. Um, and it's, you know, we've been together so long now. They really play on that. They go, hey, you know, that's not for me. I'm gonna I'm gonna pass this off to Jordan. And so we we hire for for those different skill sets for everyone. Um, and, yeah, and I'm not not making those job descriptions like every right. has to do the same thing. It's right it's redefining the jobs based on their skill set. But right. I think a lot of it comes from you being able to admit, you know, this is where I need the, you guys to fill the gaps. Right. 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 Absolutely. Um, so talk a little bit about um, for me. You know, I mean. I think the restaurants are now starting, you know, you, you probably um, because of your location, having that outdoor area probably have not felt right for those restaurants that don't have an outdoor area. I'm sure I can't imagine, you know, what they've gone through. Right. And you're also involved with uh, Florida restaurant logic. You know, what are some of the things that you found, right? What helped you get through this time when you were shot or when, you know, you could only open to a certain capacity? Yeah. So when, um, when we had to close, it was crazy. It was like, it really felt like the world was like ending. It was like the strangest feeling. I mean, we're open, you know, every single day, like, what do you mean we're going to be closed tomorrow? Well, what do we do? Um, and I think the one thing that got us from when we were closed to when we could be, be open in minimum capacity is we never stopped. You know, we, we started originally just doing grocery, um, to, to our guests, which was amazing for the time period that we had it. And then we started doing um, school breakfasts and lunches with the Broward County school systems. We came alongside them and were able to fulfill some of their needs in the school district. So while 
you know, everybody had gone home, we kept moving. We just kept moving. We just, you know, some days they'd be like, what are we going to do next week? I'm like, I don't know, but we're just going to keep moving. And then all of a sudden the hospital would call and they'd say, okay, we need lunches for 3000 or I forget however many people, it was a lot, <laughs> you know, we need lunches for a thousand doctors tomorrow or, you know, next week. I was like, all right, that's what we're doing next week. So, you know, we never kind of closed down. And I think that kept us open to more opportunities um, because we just kept going. We just, every day we just did want, you know, found something to do to kind of keep the blood flowing through, yeah. through uh, the veins of the restaurant. So, so a lot of pivoting, as they say now, that, that, that P word that everybody's yeah. using. Right? Adapting. We adapted. <laughs> adapting. But you know what you, or agility, right? So these are all the buzzwords. Right. But, but you know what? I mean, the, the truth is that we needed to be those things, right? During this right. time. Um, but I think, you know, when you're pivoting, you know, sometimes I, I, I'm curious if you think, uh, because I have always been a believer that it does make a difference, but your involvement in the community, mm. did that help, right? Did that, did that, what you had done by creating your brand and the restaurant's brand in the community, which you've done really well over the last few years, at least as long as I've known you, did that help? Because were people coming to you as well as you going to those contacts you had and saying, how can we help? Uh, like a hundred percent. I can't tell you how many guests came back, either ordered groceries from us and it, it wasn't convenient for them, but they were like, you, um, help us every year with this charity or this community organization, and we want to support you. And when we reopened, uh, it was, I have goosebumps right now because I had so many guests that came in that said, you know, when we came out, we knew we wanted you to be our first restaurant, not because we're their favorite restaurant, but um, because they wanted to support us. And, um, you know, so much of our work, um, Amanda Ellis, who's on our team, she does so much community work. Our whole team does community work, but um, they really, uh, people came out and I can't tell you how many times we heard that. And that was so heartwarming and also inspiring for us to say, wow, what we do really touches people and we want to, you know, be able to do more of it and see how we can um, be there for, you know, the people that support us. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, when you give, you know, you don't, you're not doing it to get anything back, but I always believe that the world, right? It's karma yeah. coming back around. So good for you. And I know you deserve it. So what's next for Danielle, right? I mean, you know, you've opened <laughs> other restaurants and you've done this. Are you, are you happy? You know, sometimes we always want more. And, and there are other times we're at a point in our life where we say, you know what, I'm just enjoying what I'm doing. And I just want to, I just want to do this well. Well, right. where, where are you? I just want to get through 2020 and <laughs> then, <laughs> um, and like I said, I just turned 40. So yeah, this is kind of like my midlife uh, crossroads. What's next? And a lot of people have been asking that, but um, like I said, my daughter's 11. She just started sixth grade. So I know the next three or four years are really going to be um, super focused on her and um, kind of going through kind of these years of her life. So I think I'm positioned in a, in a good way to kind of be able to take a step back, but still have enough time to get that third and fourth lifetime in that I, I, I keep talking about. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's like we said before, it's the integration, but then it's also just knowing at some point, what is the priority, right? Yeah. You won't be back these next two or three years with no. your daughter. 
here. So, so there's, you're young enough where you can do something else, right? When that's all right. over. Really smart. Uh, and I think women, we need to learn from that. You know, sometimes yeah. we just, we think we have to keep going and keep proving, as you said. Right. Um, and and doing like, it differently. I mean, like I, I have a couple projects that I'm working on that may pan out to be something, but they're, they're different. You know, when I, I look at something now, it's, it's not going to be something that requires my attention 24 seven, right? It's mm -hmm. just, you know, I'm putting myself in a different role or different position in some of these projects. And, you know, I've looked at them in the past where in the past, it was like, I'll take everything on, I'll handle it all. Um, no, now you just want to be an investor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> just invest. You know, I always say yeah. that when I'm done with with my career at JA or, you know, I should end up somewhere else before it's over. I don't, I don't, plan that, but I love what I'm doing. Um, but I think you're right. I, like at that point I go, okay, I just want to like invest in somebody else's business, help them plan, help them strategize, right. right. Put in all the things they need to put in to be successful and then let them execute. Right. Like right. I, exactly. I, <laughs> exactly. Exhausting the executing part. Right. Yeah. <laughs> really so is. What, what is, I always end with this. What is Danielle's main ingredient to success? Um, I would kind of have to circle back to what I said about kind of uh, my, that sense of responsibility. For me, I think it's just, you know, I, whenever there's a challenge or a problem or a crossroad, um, you know, I, I have that sense of like, I need to handle it. It's my responsibility. You know, I'm not going to pass it on to somebody else. And I think that's what, um, has really been a, such a driving force for me and has gotten me, um, you know, as far as I have. Yeah. That's that natural born leader in you, right? I think you're born. I do. I, I do think that you can become an amazing leader, but I do think that there are certain things that we are born with. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and, and also I think the other part is you love, you, you always seem to love what you do. Right. Yeah, right? no, I do. I truly do. You love the business, you love the people. Um, yeah. And so I think that's, you know, if, if you didn't, uh, I, you know, I don't know that it would all be as important. Right. Or, right. Or that you'd yeah. want to work so hard at it. Right. right. You know, because exactly. it does, does it feel like work sometimes? No, no, it's, it's really just like a part of my life. And, you know, it's just, it's what I do. It's, it's totally integrated. And, um, yeah. You know, sometimes it's fun. You know, I had a meeting last Tuesday and it involved tequila for two hours. So, <laughs> you know, you can't be mad about that. Well, I don't do well with tequila, but. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's, it, it's hospitality. Yes, it's work, but what we do is fun and um, engaging with our guests and um, it's fun. Engaging with our team members is, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's personal connections and personal relationships and. You know, it's, it's, it's about bringing people together. So it's like a party every day, right? Exactly. Like a party every day. Exactly. I, love I love it. Well, there are some amazing ingredients in your recipe. Uh, my fierce friend. And I'm just going to read off a couple just to kind of recap, do the right thing, even when it's not the popular thing. I love that one. I put that right on the top, um, you know, and don't be afraid to make the hard choices. Um, no matter what, you know, pushing through, uh, and just figuring it out, um, having that mentor, finding that mentor um, who yeah. can who can help you see things about yourself that maybe you don't know. Always put your best foot forward. Uh, reinventing, whether it's yourself or your business. Uh, consistency, 
proving your value, um, which you said for a long time was something you felt you had to do. And then hopefully, you know, you get to the point where people know your value instead of you yeah. having to prove it. Um, do what you do and do it well. Uh, be true to who you are. Uh, don't have You don't have to have it all right, right? It's okay not to be perfect. Um, uh, be okay with it just the way it is. Work on your strengths rather than focusing on your weakness. I, I love that. Um, building teams, filling the gaps in the skills that we don't always have as leaders. Um, you know, pivoting, never stopping, just just always trying to figure out what what's next, right, as you're going through that difficult time. And, um, you know, giving, always giving, you know, and before we know it, people will give back and help us as well. And then, of course, that comes through community involvement. Um, that's an amazing uh, recipe for success. It's no wonder. Um, you truly are a role model in our community. I know I was um, just in awe of you. I think it was probably your height and your beauty. Um, <laughs> I'm not afraid to say that, you know, um, I think that we should admire each other as women, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, it's okay. God, she's taller than I am. And she's <laughs> you know, all those things I want to be, but you know what? And, and, but just admiring somebody for them as opposed to that jealous side. So I admire yeah. you. Glad that we've gotten to know thank each you. other. And um, I want to thank you for coming on today and for sharing uh, some of your secret ingredients to success. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. And thanks everyone for watching today. Look forward to seeing you on our next episode of JA's Recipe for Success. Have an amazing week.